0: In January this year, we are intentionally looking at a few different ways that we relate to God. Like if we're going to set up 2020 really well, how do we personally engage with God as people, as a church? And so we want to look at different pictures or concepts in the Bible that talk to us about how we relate to God. So if you've been here, you would see we kicked off with the potter and the clay. So that God is like this, he's this master creator. He will hand shape you into the person that he knows you can be. He's created you to be. And so that's a pretty cool relationship. And then last week we looked at Jesus being the good shepherd. It's like he goes before us. He's behind us. He's with us. He speaks to us. We know his voice and we get to know his voice and we follow him. It's a beautiful relationship. And then today, we want to explore this concept of what is it like for God to be our Father? What is it like to be in a relationship where He is our Father and we are His child? We're actually a kid of the King. We're in the family of God. And I, we talk about this and we probably understand it some, but I tell you what, if we can sit in that just for a bit today, my hope is that there's a real Fresh perspective in what it means to be in a relationship with God as our Father and us as his child. And so check out some of these verses. Everyone, I'll try and control it from here, Colleen, I'll see how I go. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. So let's just get that really simple for the moment. If you're someone who believes that Jesus is God, welcome to the family of God. You're a child of God. He is your father. And it says, But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. What a beautiful picture. There's a simplicity about that. It's so profound, though. There's a simple aspect that if you believe that Jesus is God, that you're a Christ follower. You're a Christian. You're in the kingdom of God. We overcomplicate that, in my opinion. And so it sets up from the moment you believe that Jesus is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done. From that moment, you're a child of God. And that sets up a really beautiful relationship. You would know that oh, four kids. I think you know most of them. Sam, I'm going to embarrass you there. We're looking pretty smick in your, in your tie and your for formal for school. Four, I call them the awesome foursome. Ash and Sam and Amy and Matt. What's interesting, our kids think it's really funny. If you got kids, do they, do they ever call you by your first name? Have you ever had that? Yeah? All the time. It is hilarious. And like, I even prefer Kev, but they use Kevin. It's like, Kevin, Kevin from downstairs. And it's like, especially little Matt. I just thinks it's hilarious. I think Ash started it, didn't she? And then I think everyone's followed suit. And... um. So he's, Kevin, and and you know what I say to him? I say, guys, there's four people in the world that get to call me dad. You get to call the king of kings, almighty God. You get to call him dad. You get to call him your personal father. Like he he is your heavenly father. You have the right. You have the privilege. You have the honor. You have the relationship to call him dad. What does that do for you? What does that do to your spirit? You get to call him dad. Do you call him that? Is it in your spirit? Is that in your relationship? Is that how you see your relationship with God as dad? It's great, Ron. You see, if we look, I love this this passage in Romans. It says, You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Full privileges of adoption in the kingdom. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. My hope, there's an affirmation in this place today from God's spirit that just touches your soul, touches your spirit and goes, man, I'm a child of God. I get to call him dad. For me, that changes the way that I live. I don't know what it does for you. It changes something for me. I mean, in Ephesians, it talks about God adopting us and that this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Your position in the family of God is a co-heir with Christ. You're in the family. You're invited into the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You're invited into that relationship, all because of what Jesus did on the cross and because God is your heavenly Father. So when Jesus was chatting with people and going, Jesus, how should we pray? What did he say? This is how you should pray. How does it start? Our Father. So that's the way... Jesus, when asked, sets up our prayer language. It's from the position, the standpoint, the identity of God our Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You have the right, you have the privilege to call God, Dad. Do you use it? Do you connect in that way? You know, and I get, that there, there are obstacles that get in the way of that. We are imperfect people. We are sinful, got a sinful nature and therefore sometimes as dads, there can be real damage done. And I don't know what, if that's the case for you, but it can be. And it can be an obstacle of how we see God as Father. I, I get that. But can I say today, today never allow any person to capture a character of God for you, allow God's word to speak truth into that. And if you've had a, a bad example as a, or in any of that language of father, can I encourage you maybe even even if it helps, look to look to someone else and go, man, that's a really good part of the way that they are a father. And then look at someone else, that's a good part, that's a good part. Pull all that together, and you're still nowhere close to the perfect father that God is for you. I was coaching a lady and, and still do and this, and in part of her journey was when I mean, she didn't have a good relationship with her father and there was a breakthrough moment in her world when she understood that you know what, it's, it's actually a language thing as well. She understood that if he, she used the word papa rather than father, it changed everything. It was like this new personality of connection with God as papa. It changed it for her. It brought a freshness of a revelation that God's my father. But I'm going to call him Papa. Interesting, isn't it? Now, I love that um, message translation that captures that. And it talks about the life we have now. This resurrection life you receive from God It's not a timid, grave-tending life. It's not a life that, oh, this is hard. Get A life can be hard. But it's adventurously expectant. Greeting God each day with His child, like, "What's next, Papa?" God's spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are, and we know who He is, and we, we know who we are, father and children. Does that describe your morning? When, you, when your alarm goes off on your phone, it's like the first thing you say is like, "What's next, Papa?" Or is it what's going on on Facebook? What's next, Papa? What's, what's in this life today? What, what are we going to do together? What a beautiful relationship. Now, I want to show you a video that captures just a little bit of this kind of adventurous kind of engagement with God as God the Father. And a, this just captures one part, I reckon, of, I don't know, something in there for me. But check it out. This is cool. This is what it like. Can we run it? Thanks, guys. hope that you fall in love. And it hurts so bad Isn't that cool? I mean, there's way more than a relationship with God, but there's, a, there's this adventure, there's this fun, and I don't know if you've noticed in that, there is, a lot of the time, kids were doing something that their dads were passionate about. Um, just click on another slide, Colleen, that'll be fun. Did you notice that? Well, God's passionate about people, and God's passionate about building His church, and so He wants to engage with you and I from this father-child relationship, and for us to get in on that and go, what's next, Papa?" How can I engage with you to see a church actually build up for people to come into the kingdom and grow? Oh, that excites me. My, my hope is today that we will do some of this. That we will see what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God, and that is who we are. And I love this passion translation that says look with wonder at the depth of the father's marvelous love that he's lavished on us he has called us and made us his very own beloved children my hope is today for every one of us that there's this fresh aspect of who we are but we can look to God and any confusion any distortion of a picture of a father is actually rectified it by truth and we can look with wonder at the depth of love that god has for you and for others you know it's interesting in the way this was translated from greek that great love part it's only used six times in the new testament and every time it's used it captures what it means to be astonished and be in complete admiration And so my hope is today that as you allow God to touch your spirit and he brings truth into your world about the relationship you have with him as father-child, that you can be astonished. You can be, just be filled with wonder at the love that he has for you. I want to look really quickly at three aspects of God's good love for us and the way that he would father us like any good father Would And one is this, that our Father protects. He protects us. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Now what's interesting, I think we can take that out of context. I believe God protects us, but bad things happen to good people. In fact, not even even tomorrow is a guarantee for anybody. Today is a day that we've been given and to be grateful in that. And actually engage with God in that relationship its a beautiful thing. But what we see here is that God does protect us and guard us from the evil one. And I love this in Jesus' prayer in John 17, at the middle of that, where, where Jesus is actually praying to his father, even Jesus prayed that way, about the concept of, you know, we're inviting people into this trinity and God's father, son, spirit, we're inviting people into that And at the heart of that prayer, Jesus says, I'm not asking. And he's talking about his disciples. But later he refers to you and me now. Jesus was praying for any follower of Jesus all time. And his prayer was, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Like we live in a broken world. We live in a world where stuff happens that's not good. But to keep them safe from the evil one. You see, there is an evil one who wants to kill and steal and destroy. And Jesus' prayer to his father is, protect my kids. And God will protect you from the evil one. He will protect you. What's, what's interesting is that often I can see people have a fear of the evil one. And instead of walking into each day going, what's next, Papa? What are we going to be doing today? It's actually, man, I'm, I'm fearful of, of the enemy and Maybe he's demons and what's going on. And sure, that's full on and real. But you and I have victory over that and your father will protect you from the evil one. He will. That's a lifelong promise. It's an eternal promise. And he's got you in that. He will protect you. You don't need to live with a fear. You can live with an expectancy and adventurous to go, what's next, Papa? Papa. We can be free of that. In fact, when you look at the heart of this prayer in John 17, what the prayer is, is Father, protect my kids from the relationship that we have. This prayer is about unity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit and you. My goodness. Father, Son, Holy Spirit and you. And there's this heart of protection. Protect the relationship. Protect the father-child relationship. You can be confident that no matter what's going on in your world, what's in your day, what's in your future, your father will protect you from the evil one. Praise God. I don't know how you feel about that. But you can be free of fear from that. He will protect you from the evil one. He's my awesome foursome. Here's a... He is a man, an imperfect man with a sinful nature. Sure, I'm holy in God's eyes. Both of those exist to be true. But even in my sinfulness in who I am as a man, I'd do anything to protect these guys. Anything. And care if it costs me my life. That's just a human man. Well, your heavenly father will protect you from the evil one. and You can claim that. You can live in it. You can trust him in that. The other thing I think God does as a father is that he disciplines us. Now, that's an interesting concept that I feel we've got way out of whack. And if I was to have a conversation with you, what what does it mean to be disciplined? You'd probably land pretty quickly at punishment for something I've done wrong. Yeah? We kind of link that pretty quickly. It's not what I'm talking about. It's not what Jesus is talking about either. You have a heavenly father who wants to train you. You have a heavenly father that wants to grow you. You have a heavenly father who knows what he's planted in you as a person and he wants to bring that out. You have a heavenly father that wants to see you and me become more like Jesus for the rest of our life. And there's a training ground for that. And it's called discipline. It's an interesting concept. Here's here's some thoughts. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. God delights in you. And when there's something not quite right, he wants to speak into your world and correct it. It's for your good. It's for your benefit. And it's actually a training aspect. Look at this in Hebrews. Hebrews, um, here we go, in the message translation. Or have you forgotten how good parents, in fact, I think it's Hebrews 12, not 11, Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline and don't be crushed by it either. If the child he loves that he disciplines, the child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's a pretty big education environment to step into. It's lifelong. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you As your dear children, the trouble you're in isn't punishment, it's training. The normal experience of children. Now, I wish I had a lot more time to unpack that and unpack it a little bit. But when we can actually embrace the relationship with Father God... And understand that in that he wants the best for you and me and he wants to train you and me to be the best version of ourselves. He wants us to mature and have character development more like Jesus for the rest of our lives. We'll never finally get there. So it's a lifelong thing. That's why we can't drop out. We could choose to. We can choose not to embrace things. The best thing we can do is to embrace what God wants to do in us. I mean, I wonder how many times in my life where God's been trying to teach me something or train me something and bring discipline into my life so that, so that I have a maturity and a character of Jesus and I haven't got it. I just haven't been able to get it. I wonder how long it's taken me sometimes and there's still more. How can we be aware of that? How can we kind of, go, what are you doing in my life? How do you want me to grow? What does that look like? And that's just embracing the discipline of growth. A traineeship with the master. What a beautiful thing to step into. If we look back, even right back into Israel's days, and we go back to Deuteronomy, we'll see that picture. Or you can see that kind of lands that talks about only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. So you don't do that with your kids if you've got kids. You don't go, whatever you want, mate. Just do whatever you want. It's cool. Don't worry about cleaning up your room. Don't worry about taking the dishes down to the sink. Don't worry about that. It's all good. Just whatever you want to do, mate. No worries. How's that life going to turn out? Or do you train your kids? Do you actually invest? Do you want them to embrace that and understand what you want from them? It's the same with Father God. So why not embrace God's training so you can truly live? This is all about life to the full. And while we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them, because we're not perfect, but but God is doing what is best for us. God's doing what's best for you. Training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely, for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. And so, if we look at Israel's journey, that was going on for them. Remember, that, remember when they were kind of on that journey in the desert, they're going to the Promised Land. How long did it take them? Forty years. Forty years. Do you know how long? Does anyone know how long that trip could have taken? Eleven days. Thanks, Lucy. Eleven days. That trip could have taken them eleven days. 40 years, God's going, you still haven't got it. I need to teach you something. You still haven't actually understood me or what I'm trying to do in your life. My goodness, how many times have I missed it? How many times have I delayed something going on because I just haven't picked up on what God wants to train in me? Check out the story. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years was humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, uh, food previously unknown to you or your ancestors. And he did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, but we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. 40 years in a training relationship with Father God for them to understand as a nation. We don't live off our own produce. We live from every word that comes from God. What's God trying to teach you? What's he kind of speaking to your world? What sort of character does he want to develop? What's, what's that, how often do we ask that question? I don't know if ask that question enough. God is way more concerned with your character and faith development than an urgency to get to a destination. He is, he's way more concerned about your character development, your faith development than a rush to get to somewhere. Our culture is all about the rush to get somewhere. God's going, no, no, no I'm more, in, I'm more invested in who you're becoming, and I want to train you in that. I want, I want to see these guys. I haven't got them; they're my kids. I want to see them grow up and be released into people that have got a faith and understand God and are on this journey of, of character and faith development. It's not a rush, just, come on, I've got to get these guys out of school next. Come on, university, go, go on. Phew, God, good. It's not that. Released to actually live a great life with God and to make a difference. The other thing I believe God wants to do is he wants to provide. He wants to provide for you and he does provide for you as a good father does. Look at this concept in Matthew. Your parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? We don't. We don't do that. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Your heavenly Father wants to give you good gifts. He wants to provide. He wants to give you what you need to live well, to live for him for your faith to be developed. He wants to give. It's in his nature. And I love this. It's actually Matthew 6, um, 33. It says, He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. See, God wants to provide. He wants to give. So we can trust him. Do you trust him to provide? He can come out of nowhere sometimes. He wants to provide for you. He will provide for you. You can trust him in that. It's a father's heart to provide. I will work as hard as I need to work to provide for my family. And i am show sure you the same. There's something in that, in the creation of who we are as people, created in the image of God to provide. You can trust your heavenly father to provide for you. So this morning, Phil, could you just come up and just play something for us as we wrap up? This morning, can we land at this point? Can we land at a place where we, we do pause for a moment? Stop our busy lives, we focus our minds. We allow God's spirit to touch our spirit and affirm who we are. And we look to God. But we don't just look. It's like an intense look. And we look with wonder. We look with wonder at the depth of love. His marvelous love that he has for you maybe this might be one of the first times you've been in church I'm not sure, it's true for you maybe you've never known that and today my hope is there's any obstacle removed and you have an understanding, a spiritual revelation that there's this marvellous love for you you can't compare it to anything else, no person can come close not even the best father if you've got the best father in the world But this morning we stop and we look to God. We open our hearts and we open our minds and we allow truth to reign. And we go, wow. Wow. I'm astonished. I can't believe it. You love me more than I ever know. Lavished your love on me. Call me by name. You've made me a child. You've given me rights as an adopted child, same as Jesus. I'm a co-heir with Jesus. Well. we look to him this morning so everything else diminishes and we look to God with wonder in our eyes marvelous love Father we're in awe that you're a heavenly Father and that your love for us is so great more than we would ever understand but I thank you God that your word reveals truth about the relationship we have with you as Father that Jesus you made a way to the Father you gave your life You actually took care of the punishment on the cross that we deserve once for all time. Done deal. It is finished. And you rose from the dead and you conquered sin and death in our life so we have victory in life, especially over the evil one. Lord, I pray that we would have a fresh revelation and an excitement in our spirit, that we understand that we get to call you Dad. And I pray, God, that, that even tomorrow when we wake, that we'll have something in our spirits that prompts us. Maybe your spirit will prompt us and go, what's next, Papa? What's in today? I say yes to that, to that adventure. Lord, I pray that we would know of your protection from the evil one. And for any fear that we may have, I pray that you would just remove that. And I pray that you grow our trust in the promise and the prayer that you have with your Father that you will protect us from the evil one. That our relationship with you, God, would be protected. Nothing can come near that. So God, we want to stand in that and thank you for that relationship. Lord, I pray you'd help us to embrace the discipline that you want to see in our lives and the training and the growth, the education in life that you want us to get hold of. And I pray, God, that you'd help us to understand that quickly and respond quickly. I'm sorry, God, that I'm a slow learner. God, I pray you'd help us trust, help us to trust you that you will provide for us. That we would know of your provision, God. We'd thank you for it. We'd acknowledge that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from you. God, I pray you provide everything we need from day to day as we live for you. And make your kingdom a primary concern. God, what a privilege. Fill us with wonder and awe as we live in this relationship with you as our Father. We praise you today in Jesus' name.